second and five for quarter from their own 35. Already a snap, already give. It's Chase Evans, got a big hole across the 40 yard line. Spins at the 45, across the 50, across the 40 yard line, up the far sideline, what a hand to beat. Shoots the man at the 15, breaks the tackle, and he's into the end zone. For a quarter man, touchdown, Chase Evans. Takes the snap, he lays into it, some lower kick, bit wobbly this time, takes another. Bucknell bounce, Monty fields it at his own 10, running left. Cuts up the field, across the 20 yard line, across the 30, running left. Has the part of the beat, he beats him. Crosses midfield, down the 40, down the near sideline. Austin Monty goes all the way. Touchdown, Fordham. Kick is in the gun, Chase Edmonds is to his right. Bucknell stacks the box, the snap. Give it's Chase up the middle, across the 45, across the 50, he's got police. He's across the 41 to beat, across the 20 to the east sideline. Chase Evans has iced the game for the Rams. Touchdown, Chase, and what a way to say goodbye. From the studios of WFUV inside Keating Hall on the campus of Fordham University, this is the final 2017 edition of Monday Night Quarterback. My name is James Cargan. Right in front of me is Tommy Aldrich. And as always, our guest on the Monday Night Quarterback program, the head coach of the Fordham University Rams, Andrew Briner. Coach, it was a, a bittersweet weekend. Bitter because of the goodbyes that had to be said, but of course sweet because of the big win. Yeah, yeah, no, I... That that's the perfect word to to use for it. You know, it, it was great. So happy to send this senior class out, ringing the victory bell one more time. Um, and, and you know, sad to say goodbye um, to some to a group that accomplished so much, to some individuals that that will forever be remembered uh, for their their time and, and accomplishments here at Fordham, and and, and more so those. Those special relationships that you have with with student athletes that that uh, that will that will stand the test of time and and they'll never change. But knowing that you're not going to be working with those guys on a, on a daily basis, it, it's uh, it's emotional. And hey, coach, I want to get your take on this because it, it was pretty significant for me to see some of the guys on that line with their families. And I'm obviously a senior and I'm biased, so maybe I've seen these guys grow up in their four years. But at the same time, it is a starting quarterback, a legendary running back, a very significant presence on the field and, and his personality in, in Manny Adeyeye. So it almost seems like a changing of the guard with with these guys leaving and almost some new guys going to have to step up in leadership roles next year. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, you talk about Kevin, you talk about Chase, you talk about Manny, you talk about Anthony Coyle. I mean, a guy that started – from his third game his freshman year, started every single game at either right or left tackle. I mean, that, that's a significant loss. I also think it's the nature of college football. You know, mm-hmm. you, you graduate a group every year. Um, you only have them for four. Some you wish you could have for ten. Um, but, but yeah, it, every team, every season – is going to be a little bit different because of of the graduation, um, and, and these guys will be missed. Um, but I'm sure you know we'll be sitting here having a very similar conversation next year, and yes. that, that's just the nature of, of college football. It's yeah, is the 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 turnover is is natural. Correct. It's built into the system. It's a part of the way of doing things. We'll get to all the the senior and looking ahead stuff. I want to talk a little bit about the game itself. 
it was uh, a slop. It was sloppy at times, especially offensively for both sides. Their quarterback, John Chiaranzio, uh threw for a completion percentage that I, quite frankly, didn't even know existed in uh, high level profe- in high level college football. But there were some moments in the game that I want to turn to. One of the first moments was the big play on defense where they took a shot down the field, down the middle of the field, and Antonio Jackson came away with one of the biggest plays of the game. Let's hear it. Takes a snap, three-step drop, looking to pass, fires it deep over the middle, and it is almost, it is intercepted. Intercepted by Jackson in the end zone. Across the 10-yard line, running up the far side, across the 20. 25, now cuts down the field to 30. A 35, the 40, running down the near sideline. And he's hit at the 50 and dropped in plus territory at the 45-yard line. What a play! And I'll just, let me just step in here real quick. I liked the no call. Uh, I wasn't even sure. I'm not even sure if no call is the way to describe it because maybe it was completely clean. But we were talking about if, if we potentially saw contact. And the way I saw it was that even though it was a physical battle for the ball, when it is 1v1 like that and the ball is just absolutely high-pointed flying through the air, it's going to be a battle and, and, and let the guys see who can come away with it. Yeah, no, I, I thought the officials specifically on the back end, um, you know, watching the secondary and the receivers, I thought they, they let the guys play. Um, to, to their credit, you know, they didn't call one there. Um, there was a one when we were on offense, that uh, a pass intended for Isaiah Seawright. Oh, we talked about that on the air. Yeah, you know, but at least can, I, can, I can deal with consistency. Yeah. You know, if, if they call one and not the other, then, then you know, that's when coaches start to, to get upset. But, uh, yeah, no, obviously a, a big play in the football game, uh, a game like that. You talk about field position battle. You talk about turnover ratio. Um, you know those things are are huge. And, and AJ, I know we've talked about him multiple yes. times this season. Just being a guy that I think, you know, played as consistently as anybody else on our defense, uh, on our football team this season. You know, finished the year with four interceptions, uh, a ton of tackles. A guy that's very very reliable. Um, you know and, and to repeat the word I already used, consistent. He was indeed very consistent. He finished with 63 total tackles on the year and intercepted four passes, by far the team lead, the only player uh, on your defense with more than one interception on the season. Uh, A couple guys, five other players, had one interception. Now, offensively, uh, Luke Medlock, of course, was unavailable for the game, as was Kevin Anderson, unfortunately. Austin King came out. He battled throughout the game. Uh, didn't exactly light up the stat sheet. Uh, how do you? How did you evaluate his his performance in the game? Yeah, you know, it was his first first college start. Um, there's a lot to build off of. Um, there's a lot to learn from. You know, Austin transferred here essentially the week of of Army prep um so he has not had uh, a preseason camp to go through he has not gone through spring ball he hasn't really had the offense installed to him in the traditional way that we do so so he's got he's got a lot of room to grow he's got a lot of uh, you know a lot to learn um but you know I have seen things whether it be on Saturday in the game or, or, or on the practice field 
in the meeting room that that lead me to believe that he can be a very good quarterback. Um, and it, just like anything else, we we got to put the work in, we got to put the time in. Um, but you know, with with he and Luke going forward, um, you know, competition um, raises raises the level of of everyone's play. So, what are some of his strengths, Coach? Because I I just think you know you don't just go to Indiana to play quarterback. So. That's always in the back of my mind with this kid, and I'm wondering, what is it that got him there? Maybe is it is it a powerful arm or an accurate one? Yeah, uh, I think size wise, he, he's close to that that prototype um, quarterback that you're looking for, and he does have a very, very strong arm. Um, you know, and I think that those are the the two characteristics physically that that jump out at you. Now, throughout now, the, of course, the biggest play uh, for you guys in. The early goings of the game was the touchdown by Chase Edmonds, which we will play that for you in a second, but that's a play that really came out of nowhere for you guys. You guys had struggled a little bit moving the ball at that point in the game, and then Chase Edmonds, I don't want to say turns back the clock because we've seen him do it. He's not exactly an old man, but he... Quite the opposite. He's a college student. He put together... (laughs) Wanna, he put together his best play of the season. Here it is. Second and five for Fordham from their own 35. Already a snap, already a give. It's Chase Edmonds, got a big hole, across the 40-yard line. Spins at the 45, cross the 50. Cross the 40-yard line, up the far sideline. One and a beat. Shoots it in at the 15. Breaks the tackle, and he's into the end zone. For a Fordham touchdown, Chase Edmonds. So the thing I saw in that play was the, the last man he made miss. That was when I sort of said, okay, that's an NFL highlight. There's the tape that Chase is really going to propel Chase into this offseason. Uh, the way he smoked that last guy, I just said, all right, Chase is there. He's, he's ready. Yeah, no, that, that, was, that was vintage, vintage Chase. Um, you know, it, as, as you alluded to, you know, some consistency issues moving the football but the one thing that we were confident in was the scheme that we were using and, and the, the, the communication on the sideline was, you know, to just to, to stay with it, to, to, you know, believe in it and know that, you know, eventually we could split one. And, and you know, what you saw is we got, we got through the first level and, and Chase did a great job making the, the, the first safety miss and then it was off to the races. And, and then again, like you said, at the end, you know, what we've seen Chase do so many times is just, you know, one, one more – one more move, one more stick the foot in the ground and, and change direction, which is what he does so well, and, and finish in the end zone. I, you know, of all the, the the things that I enjoyed about Saturday, obviously the win being number one, to be able to watch 22 streak down the open field uh, with a lot of green grass around him two more times, um, you know, I, I'm really happy for him that that's how his, uh, his last game went. Really was so poetic. To, to have his career end on that high note. And I just wanted to, to mention, when we had when we had Chase Edmonds here uh, on Monday Night Quarterback, I'm not sure if you listened to that interview. I'm not even sure if you even listened back to this show, <laughs> quite frankly. But his interview with us, his interview with me, Tommy unfortunately wasn't there. Uh, that was as impressive as I've seen out of any college athlete any athlete at this level just his maturity just his how well spoken he is just the answers that he gave how selfless he is yeah that w- I was I came away from that interview just so impressed with 
with everything about about who he is yeah. and to to end it like that when I know he wanted it so bad was just incredible to see. Yeah, no, Chase, uh, I've said it many, many times, you know, the, the outside world knows him as a, a great running back um, and a great football player. I, I'm glad that you got to see that that side of him because that that is who he is, and and I can tell you he he's been like that since he was 17 years old. Um, mature, um, confident, determined, um, humble. You know, so I, I'm I'm excited for Chase's next steps, and and know that not just from a football standpoint, but from a who he is, um, he is prepared for the world. And then later on in the game, uh, that you guys took the lead on that Chase touchdown, but. Bucknell gradually was gaining a little bit of momentum at a time, moving the ball ever so slightly on offense. Then a couple turnovers uh, led to some points. 9-7, you guys were down. Again, struggling a little bit, moving the ball on offense. And then Austin Longy made one of maybe, if not the biggest play for you guys of the entire season. Take a listen. Take the snap. He lays into it. It's a lower kick. Wobbly this time takes another Bucknell bounce. Longy fields it at his own 10, running left. Cuts up the field, across the 20-yard line, across the 30, running left. Has the part to beat. He beats him. Crosses midfield, down the 40, down the near sideline. Austin Longy goes all the way. Touchdown for him. Not much else to be said there. That was an incredible, incredible play by a great player. Yeah, well, first of all, another great player is Bucknell's punter. Um, oh, he, he had an he, he awesome has, day. Yeah, I mean, he, he is really, really talented. And we went into the game plan saying that, that this this young man can kick the football 55, 60 yards consistently. We have to hope that he outkicks his coverage. And, and, and by giving Austin Longy the ball with 10 to 12 yards of space before the first defenders come down the field, that's a that's a that's a – Good scenario for us. Austin is is very talented at, at making people miss in space and then having the speed to to run away. Um, so you know, you know, hats off to 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 Alex, their their punter. He's a he's a tremendous talent. Um, you know, Austin made a a a good decision um, to to field that ball. Um, he had enough space. He could he could field it cleanly off the bounce and and quite frankly he he, he uses his athleticism and his speed to make i, I agree uh, you know a, a game a game changing play it, it swung the momentum back um to our favor that's a really interesting point you made coach there about him having some room to run before any defenders could get him because his ability to cut while on the move is so impressive that you know similar to chase's play the last man he made miss, which I think was actually the the punter, so you're not sure how great of a tackler he would be, but it almost didn't really matter. Austin needed to change his direction a little bit, and the, the punter really had a nice angle, but he changed direction so well on the run that it just sort of is playing to his strengths. Sure. Uh, Austin's such a competitive player. He's, he's so disappointed, I think, when he doesn't return one for a mm. touchdown. So how much... Is that good to have an offensive player whose expectation is to be great? Yeah, no. Austin is, is extremely competitive, um, and you want guys that have high standards for themselves and, and high standards for their performance and, and the confidence that you know if they have the football in their hands, a big play can happen. Um, you know, so no, th- th- those are those are good qualities to have. 
Another uh, great competitor, of course, on your team is Kevin Anderson, who unfortunately uh, missed the final game of his college career. I almost felt like I was missing the final game of my college career when I saw him out there in street clothes, just knowing how much he, he loves to play the game and how much fire he plays it with. I was pretty gutted to to not be able to watch him for, for one last time, and I, I couldn't imagine how, how he felt about it. Yeah, no, I, I think all all were, were disappointed that, that he wasn't able to to get out there. Um, you know, it wasn't for a lack of trying or, or effort. You know, he, he rehabbed his, his his tail off and, and just couldn't couldn't get it ready. Um, you know, but I, I think again it speaks to the, the person that Kevin is, you know, the amount of support that he was giving Austin on the sideline, helping helping calm him down at times, helping to coach him up at times. Um, you know, it, he he found a way to make a positive impact on the game even without playing it. We, yeah, we did. So we saw him fired up uh, on the sideline, even in warm-ups throughout the entire game. And then, of course, late in the game, uh, you stop them on some big plays. You're trying to ice the game, essentially. And then Chase Edmonds just puts together, one, for one last time, another run for the ages. Here it is. King is in the gun. Chase Edmonds is to his right. Bucknell stacks the box, the snap, the give, it's Chase up the middle, cross the 45, cross the 50, he's got police, he's crossed the 41 enemy, cross the 20 in the east side line, Chase Edmonds has iced the game for the Rams, touchdown Chase, and what a way to say goodbye. There it is, what a way to say goodbye for one of the great player, one of the greatest players to ever walk into the gates of Rose Hill, I mean, I know this has been a tough season, but to have it end like that, the, with Chase Edmonds running down the field like that, open space with the football, other than uh, in this kind of season, I wouldn't have asked for any other way for it to have ended. Yeah, very, very fitting ending. You know, we, we touched on it a, a bit before, but that that was definitely uh, a fitting ending to, to the game, to the season, uh, to Chase and the other seniors' career. Um, it, it was It was special. Indeed, it was, and we were. Well, let's. We're gonna take a, a bit of a look, a, a preview, so to speak, at you know the off season, which has begun, mm -hmm. and it is a long off season, especially in this sport. You know, it's not like in the NFL where it ends in February and it begins again in September. It's November twentieth today, and you guys won't be taking the field for an actual game again until September. So, what's the first thing that you do? during the off season. Do you have player meetings like most teams do? Yeah, you know, we we met with the the team last night, um, the returners last night and and you know kind of just set the tone um, and and made sure they knew what they had going on. They the players yesterday and today met with their position coaches one on one and uh, in a couple weeks um, when I get back from recruiting I will meet with with each player individually. So that that that's kind of step 1. Um, step 2 it, it, is recruiting. I mean that that's that's the next that's the next step for the coaching staff. Um, get out on the road um, uh, a week from today um, and and go all over the country seeing um, you know talented high school players that that we're evaluating uh, to to possibly bring in here and and 
when the guys get back in uh, January, they'll go right into the, the off-season program uh, with Coach Ream and the strength staff. And, and as the coaches get back from recruiting, we'll do some morning workouts as a, as a full team. And, um, you know, it's, it's development. Uh, it's development physically. It's development mentally. It's development from a mentality and an approach standpoint. So uh, I'm excited. I, I get excited every year. You know, um, I'm one of those people that, that kind of, you know, okay, that, that task or that, that season is over. All right, let's start. What's next? And, and looking forward to uh, to starting the process all over again. Uh, sort of two unrelated questions here, Coach. Uh, one, is there a time that you sort of officially get back to workouts, or it would be in the winter lifting or spring practices? Is there an official time where you are sort of back to work? Yeah, I mean, we'll be in the weight room next week um, and then take a... a Officially? Yes. Okay, um, okay, so it is sort of year-round. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely year-round. Well, they'll be in the weight room next week with Coach Ream. Um, he'll he'll set the tone for them for what he wants them to do over the winter break um, when they're when they're home um, so that when they get back here for the start of the spring semester, that's when things really kick up a whole, a whole nother notch from a, an intensity uh, standpoint, and, and we'll have... About eight or nine weeks of, of training, um, and then we'll start spring ball, you know, kind of mid, mid-March. And the, the other question I had about recruiting, and maybe this is a question I should know, but I'm just going to go ahead and ask, do programs, or does this program, for example, recruit specifically based towards what they feel is a need? Or will you be looking at certain positions? You don't have to say which positions, but... Will you be looking at certain positions and, and, and heavily recruiting towards certain areas? Yeah, so the way recruiting works or the way we, we work is that we have a, a certain number of scholarships for each position group on the team. Um, so when, if you want to know who we're recruiting, look at our senior class because we're essentially replacing those guys positionally. Um, so that, that's, that's the way it works as far as areas go. Um, you know, we, we want to do a great job within a two-hour radius of campus. Um, we call that our primary area. Um, our secondary area is essentially drawing a, a six-hour radius from New York City, and we consider that to be reasonable driving distance. And then um, we pick out different spots nationally um, that we feel like we can be effective in. Um, Fordham University has such a great reputation. It has such a great uh, um, brand recognition, so to speak, uh, in certain areas of the country that, that we, we use that to, to go out and, and bring guys in from, you know, the, the West Coast, the Midwest, Texas, Florida, uh, Georgia uh, are all areas that we spend time and focus on. And, you know, do you guys just hit the ground running like right after the season's over? Uh, how long after the end of the Bucknell game did you immediately start to focus on recruiting? Well, you never stop focusing mm-hmm. on recruiting. You know, the recruiting process goes, and you want to talk about year-round. Yes. I mean, it, that is truly, truly year-round. Um, you know, but per NCAA rules, the contact period starts the Monday after Thanksgiving. That's the first time that we can go out um, and see these prospects and talk to them, talk to their families. Um, so the contact period starts um, on the 27th. So that that's when... That's when the coaches will physically be out, but the the preparation for the recruiting, the 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 communication that goes on, the evaluation that goes on, it it's truly never ending. And so, obviously, a whole new crop of, of freshmen going to come in. But one of the coolest things I thought about this season was that early and often we 
were sh- we were uh, showcased the ability that young guys on your team have in all areas, and not just that, but showcasing their skills when maybe they're the only guy there. So it's not that we just saw what Corey Cattle can do, but we can we saw what Corey Cattle can do when he's the number one option, mm-hmm. and then we saw what Austin can do when he's the number one option, and the same is true with some running backs and even a lot of guys on defense. So especially guys in the front seven on defense, young guys. So how exciting was it to see some of the young guys this year and how excited are you for next year? Yeah, no, I, you know, there, there's silver linings and everything. And with some of the, the injuries that we had and, and whether they were long-term injuries or short-term, it gave some guys opportunities that honestly, as we sat there in early August, maybe didn't think that those guys would get opportunities uh, to, to play and to, to show what they can do. So we certainly gained experience, you know, throughout, you know, the, our whole roster. Um, some guys that, that, that you mentioned, you know, Corey and Austin as the number one guys, um, the, the running backs with D'Angelo and, and Zach Davis um, on the defensive side of the ball, encouraged by some of our young defensive linemen, uh, mm-hmm. DeAndre Carter, Ellis Taylor, Jeremy Imperati, Michael Marinelli, guys that, that, I, Offer some speed, in my opinion. Yeah, the yeah. The the t- Taylor and Parati have have some of that that juice, as we like to say, uh, in the pass rush. And then I know Tommy, your your favorite player. Um, James the, informs me that uh, this guy is up for freshman of yes. Glenn of Cunningham the year. So was added to. The I think Jerry, I should become a football scout. Was he was added to the Jerry Rice Award watch list for National Freshman of the Year, an award with which Chase Edmonds won. In his freshman year, correct. Yeah, no. Glenn, Glenn had a, an outstanding freshman season. Um, continued to just be impressed, not only with his, you know, productivity on the field, but but his approach, um, the the way he he prepared himself as a freshman. He, you know, we we talk in the coaching world oftentimes about some guys hit a freshman wall, so to speak. You know, the season's a little bit longer than some of their high school seasons. Um, the, the schedule is obviously more demanding. Um, and Glenn, mature beyond his years. Um, I, I never saw him hit that freshman wall. I, I thought, really, in, in most ways, he continued to improve each and every week all the way through the very end. So excited about him, um, along with many others uh, going forward. But I, I think Glenn Cunningham's a guy that, that we can uh, – one of the guys that we can build around. Now, of course, the main thing about going into next year is for the first time in in a while, really, you you will be coming into the season with a a bit of a question mark at the starting quarterback position. Obviously, Michael Niebrick held that down, and then the immediate transition to Kevin Anderson. Now you've got Luke Medlock and Austin King both coming back to school next season, both looking to be the starter. What are you going to look for in evaluating that position? Decision-making. That's what quarterback is, what playing quarterback is to me, guys that consistently make the right decisions uh, and execute the the, the, the offense uh, from a physical standpoint. So I'm um, excited to, to see those guys um, get better. I'm excited to see them compete. And um, we will ultimately, and I think it will be a long time from – from November 20th, um, decide and, and put the guy on the field that gives us the best chance to, to win. Um, but I, I enjoy the process of, of, of helping those guys get there. Um, and, and so I'm excited to, uh, to get them back and, and get going. 
You're excited about basically everything about the process of being a football coach. I, I've I noticed. Do. I, I, and I, I can tell you it's... It, excited it's, about the offseason. You're excited about spring ball. You're excited about recruiting. Guys, <laughs> I, I, I... You am, love this job. I love, I, I love coaching football. I'm, I'm so fortunate to, to have been able to make a career out of something that I'm, I'm passionate about. I love coaching football. I love helping these guys develop and, and achieve the success and the goals that they have. So, yeah, I, I, I am excited. I, 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 get, I get a chance to do something I love every day. Last question before we let you go. Uh, we put a little bit – we've put so much emphasis on the, the four senior captains that we, we've sort of glossed over really the rest of the guys. Uh, something I want to share with you is when we were on the sideline before the game, as we are before every game, one of your assistant coaches – came up to us and informed us that John O'Boyle, your senior defensive tackle, would be making his first start of his career uh, in the Bucknell game. And we were, A, first of all, I was so, I was really, uh, really pleased that he just, that you guys uh, decided to share that with us. And I was even more excited to mention that and talk about that during our our pregame show, that that was going to be something that happened. What is, oh, Overall, as as a group, you know, you say goodbye not just to your stars, but to the guys that have grinded, mm-hmm. that have really put the hard work in, and have not gotten as much on field glory as as the Chase Edmonds of the world. What do you say about about those players and how much and how they contribute to this program? Yeah, those those guys are the ones that are are near and dear to my heart because I, I was a similar type player uh, in college. Um, you know, was not a star by any stretch, and and the word you use, James, is one of my favorites. They just grind. They they show up every day. They they don't. They don't ask for anything other than an opportunity, and and they put the work in, and, and it's been great to see some of those guys like John O'Boyle, John Diamond, um, you know, get get the opportunities that they they did. And, you know, I, I think the other group of guys that I'd like to to make mention of would be the the senior offensive lineman um, Anthony Coyle, yes. uh, Garrett Donaldson, and Ben Hartman. You know, those are guys that nature of the position. You know, you're not calling their names very often, but they're guys that that have made such a big impact on this program and and the mentality that they have um you know i'm proud of and i will greatly miss absolutely coach briner thank you so much for being a a willing participant in this show as far as we know willing participant not sure if it's in your contract but we thank you so much for being a part of this show coming in here every monday and, and chatting with us and thank you for all the you have provided for us in with your hospitality and we wish you the best of luck in the in the off season well thank you guys very much i i I do enjoy uh visiting with you on a weekly basis i'm always so impressed by the students here at fordham and, and how professional uh wfuv is run and the talent that that you guys have and and uh wish you guys uh nothing but the best in in your future endeavors thank you coach Well, Tommy, that's going to just about do it for our coverage of Fordham football this season. It's been one of the great honors of my life to be a part of this program, and I certainly think that things are looking up for the future. Yeah, James, had a blast calling all these games alongside of you. And and for the Fordham Rams of 2018, I think things are certainly looking up. I I, I think uh, the young guys that were able to showcase their talent this season, to me, was the story of the season. 
And uh, as Coach was talking about, guys at the running back position, the the wide receiver position, are going to have larger roles than they had this year, and uh, it'll be exciting to watch. Indeed it will, and that will do it for this season of Monday Night Quarterback. Thank you to all of the players and coaches who have appeared on this show this season, and especially, of course, the head coach of the Fordham University Rams, Andrew Briner. The executive producer of Monday Night Quarterback is Bob Ahrens. This show has been produced and engineered by Charlie Maizano. So for my partner, Tommy Aldrich, the guru, I'm James Cargan. So long, everybody. We'll see you next year. Monday Night Quarterback is a production of WFUV Sports.